Wow. What a year 2020 has been so far. Are we even halfway? January, February, March, April, May, June. Yeah, six months. Does anyone else have to count months on their hands still? I feel like I'm an intelligent dude, but I still have to count months on my hand. Um, but w yeah, 2020 has been crazy. You are listening to the We Are Better Men podcast. The views and opinions expressed on the Better Men podcast are those of the host. Viewer discretion is advised. So let's just look at kind of what went down. For a lot of us in business, 2019, you know, a little hectic. The political climate was nuts, but we had the privilege in North America, North America to basically be debating things on Facebook randomly about politics because business was relatively good. We were seeing opportunity like never before. I think I've talked about that, how I felt like we were in a, the industrial revolution in, in terms of tech. And, you know, we've already gone through those 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 ups and downs with with the dot-com bubble and, and everything else. But we're, we're in this state now where technology keeps emerging that just enables people to ha have side hustles and generate revenue in ways that they could never before. And then 2020 came. So, you know, we, we started hearing about COVID late 2019, but really in January, you know, the business community, we didn't really pay too much attention. Um, February rolled through, it started becoming like, okay, this is a thing. Uh, end of February, March, boom. The world was changed forever. And, you know, it's crazy because when you, I think back on my career, my life, where I was in specific moments in life, you know, I have personal moments, like, you know, when my son was born, um, even thoughts on when he was conceived, maybe, uh, and things that happened related to that. But then big picture wise, there's these moments and the older you get, the more you, the more of them you have. Um, I remember exactly what I was doing when the Twin Towers were attacked. I was sitting at a desk, uh, doing a, working a technical job, um, kind of fresh out of high school. And, and I was working with some consultants who had been brought into our company who were from the UK and they were planning on leaving the next day and flying back home for a bit. And they couldn't, of course, because of what happened. So I know I, I, I remember the feeling of that moment. Um, and I think, you know, reflecting so far on COVID, uh, on the COVID lockdown, there's been a couple moments that I've that that I know will stand out and the first is waiting for our prime minister Justin Trudeau to come out because the business community and and world in Canada at least um was sitting here thinking okay he's going to lock us all down uh forcefully with policy which is not a bad thing um we knew it had to if it was going to happen that was the best route for it to go because if the government locks you down policy wise things need to be created to protect business so that you can sustain and with those policies comes like a safety net. But I remember we, the, the the leadership team, we were all sitting around and waiting for him to come out. And you know, of course, we don't want to lock down because we want to figure this out. But but we know if the if the world is going to lock down and Canada was going to lock down, at least if the government forced us to, you know, everyone would go on benefits and 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 employment insurance or whatever the case may be. But 
He came out 45 minutes late. I already don't like the guy policy-wise. Um, and didn't say anything, really. Really didn't say anything. It was just some compassionate, fluffy crap. And we walked away. And I remember that moment of, of being, like, let down. Um, but, you know, I'm used to that with the government. And then I think the other one were, like, some key moments when um, when things got worse. Uh, you know, watching New York and, and, and there was some, some specific things I had heard and I was paying attention to where I'll remember exactly how I felt as I was listening. And then, of course, I think the positive relating to COVID was Dr. Bonnie Henry. And if you're not from British Columbia, Canada, you're probably not aware of her. But she's our kind of our top doctor in the province we live in, which is equivalent to a state um, somewhat. And, you know, she she was she was basically the the i think it was the time time magazine or something put out an article on her saying she got it right and we did exceptionally well in, in british columbia granted we're a, we don't have a, a high population density like most states and cities um and we have a lot of rural country that weren't almost not affected at all um but for the most part we did an excellent job in, in on the west coast of canada um, and, and Canada as a whole, and I think everyone's kind of repairing now, but I remember the, how I felt at that moment when I saw that article go out and how proud I was. You know, I'm not always for governments, and, uh, you know, I definitely was not for big government locking us down, but social distancing and those things were definitely needed. Um, you know, or my gap personally, and I won't get into it too much, is, is I think that they didn't do a good enough job across North America protecting the elderly. I think that's where the focus should have been. I think that, you know, policy should have immediately, they knew it was attacking old people um, much more severely than it was anyone under 50. And, and you know, there were some bizarre policies relating to, to senior care centers. So that's what my thoughts on that. But, um, you know, we kind of started crawling out of that and figuring it out. And then Floyd happened. And the Black Lives Matter movement happened. Um, and something huge that kind of took over and and you know i remember i was chatting with a lawyer um just a, about a week ago about it and you know we we're like you know i get it i get why people are out but it's like you know social distancing does not matter at one of these rallies and and rightfully so i i'm not generally i don't support protesting i think that if you're blocking roads and preventing people from providing from their families rather than the, the institutions you're protesting you're 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 not doing a great job of what you set out to do but um, I, I definitely was aligned with, with this one. And I think if you're debating in your head at all about the Black Lives Matter movement, and of course there's corruption, there's corruption in everything. And there's, you know, it's just like the feminist movement at, at, at its core. I, I wholeheartedly support feminism, um, have some people manipulated that system and, and taken advantage. Yes, absolutely. Just like they will with BLM and any other system that, or, or group or, or movement that's in place. Heck, you know, my movement, No Debbie Society, gets gets taken advantage of. I, I'll, I'll get messages from ex-wives who will send a, a police report this, saying that their husband um, is following and engaging in the page. And then he and, you know, a week before he beat her up. And, and that's just human flaw, right? We're flawed as human beings. Um, so I think that, that, uh, that to get to the point in regards to the BLM stuff and the protesting is I went to my first protest ever. I went down to the Vancouver protest for Black Lives Matter 
Um, I stood there with 10,000 people. I, I was a little cautious. I wasn't super excited to be there. I didn't know how to feel. I'd never been to a protest before. I just knew I wanted to stand with the right side of history on this one because that's what, what I feel. Um, and I stood there and I raised my fist and I, and I wasn't there the whole time. I, there was a lot of things going on, like pot smoking and, and, and there was people acting crazy and silly. And I, I you know, I, that, that obviously didn't help me motivate me to want to support more the, the protests anyways, but the, the cause that we were there for was important to me. Um, and I'm glad that I, that in, you know, as I look back that I was there, um, and standing with that, with standing in line with that. Um, I think that if anyone in your life is debating it, I think you need to check out Dave Chappelle's recent uh, YouTube video or whatever he calls it. Uh, he put out a, 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 an interesting, he, I think he was going to do a comedy routine, but he didn't do any comedy. I mean, he's funny as at his core, but but he just spoke about a, a, you know, kind of systematic racism. And then, you know, the way I explained it to someone in my life who was very dead set against there being systematic racism was... You know, here's the here's the re- reality of the situation. If I'm driving my car down the street in Philadelphia, I don't know why I picked Philadelphia, but I did. And I have my shotgun in my trunk because I'm transporting it from my house to the gun range. And a black guy is doing the same thing and we both get pulled over and let the cop know there's a gun. We're going to be treated differently. And there's nothing we can do about it. It's, I don't necessarily believe that our laws are written to be racist. Um, and I'll say that over and over again. There's nothing in, especially the Criminal Code of Canada, that, that caters to any race. The problem is, is that systematic racism starts at home. Systematic racism comes from how we were raised, how we're raising kids. We all have made racist judgments in our lives and it's a part of culture and it's a part of society and it's, it's a human flaw. That's the truth. It's racism is a human flaw. Um, can we get better? Yes. Is it the worst it's ever been in history? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, we had a black president of the United States. And I realize that that doesn't make up for anything and that doesn't change anything, but that does say a lot. And we have to start acknowledging that stuff. We have to acknowledge that there are good, you know, I'm a white conservative Christian covered in tattoos with a big bald head. In my younger days, have I witnessed racial things? Have I probably said racial slangs making jokes because I watched some stupid show? Yes. Have we all? Yes. Did we mean them with racial intent or racist intent? No. Does that make an excuse for it? No. But how do we be better? We raise the next generation of children so that it's not a thing for them. I'm proud. My seven-year-old son doesn't see color. He doesn't get it. You know, I remember, you know, I was, we, went, we went on a camping trip with a family, uh, family friend and he, a friend of his in school. And he's, uh, the kid's half black, half white. And we were chatting and we, we, we were talking about, you know, Martin Luther King. And because one of them had a book and we were, we were chatting about it. And we told them that, you know, not only, you know, 60, 70 years ago, maybe even less, um, you guys wouldn't have been able to play together. And they just looked at us like, what the, like unfathomable. That that's even was even a thing, and that's the reality. Is it wasn't a long time ago. Now I'm not going to get into a, a big 
racist thing um, or talk about racism like in, in full depth and align with any side. Um, I, I always look at statistics, factual things, you know, trust my heart and my gut. And I feel like I know that I'm on the right side, knowing that there is systematic racism. But where my where my opinion differs is that it's at the core of human beings. It's not policy wise. It's not. It's our government doesn't write laws um, that attack people by race. Do they write laws that support a specific class? Yeah. Has that been happening since the beginning of time? Probably. Is that going to change? I don't know. Do I care? I don't know. You know, I, I for me, it's like I, I champion underdogs. I don't care if you're black, brown, yellow, white, pink, purple, whatever. If you're an underdog and you come up out of something and you make something of your life, you know, you get kudos from me. Um, and I believe that, that that we live in a time where that's possible, period. I think we have to stop looking at, you know what? Dave Chappelle said it best. You know, the, the Fox News and a lot of these right-wing conservative um Websites that I read often and support are saying things like Floyd was a, you know, not not an ideal person and he did a lot of bad things. And that's true. The guy did some shitty stuff, including to children. Um, but like Dave Chappelle said, the black community did not ask for him to be their champion. A stupid prick, idiot cop made him. That cop made him the champion, made him the hero, the saint that movements needed to do what they're doing. So anyways, this has been a long one. Um, if you tuned in and listened to it all, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. Um, we're st- I'm still going strong with all the dad stuff and No Debbie Society in this podcast. Of course, I took a little bit of a break. Everything was a whirlwind. I'm going to get back into it. Um, putting out some thoughts. This is this is just my rambling. To be to be completely honest, I appreciate the fact that I have an outlet where thousands of of mostly guys, I would assume, uh, listen to my thoughts when I want to speak about something. Um, you know, I just I, you know, it's cliche to say we have hope for the next generation because it's not going to drastically change. I think that we can all just try and do our part. Peace.